0: Are you looking for the most romantic Valentine's Day gift ever? We have worked with our wine club partner, Touring and Tasting, and they have put together a wine cruise in the Mediterranean, 12 nights, three days in Venice. Probably the most romantic place on the planet, right? Uh, And if you book by January 27th, mention hitched that's extremely important mention hitched and you will get over twelve hundred dollars of onboard credit. Uh, This cruise includes a welcome aboard, wine reception, wine tasting seminars, uh, a sommelier guided tour, priority check-in, and a whole bunch more. Uh, Don't wait this deal is only good until January 27th 2013 and you can get more information by calling 1-800 three zero one nine six seven three that number eight hundred three zero one nine six seven three and don't forget to mention hitch so you can get your twelve hundred plus dollars of onboard credit
1: you really want to know what love is
0: yeah yes tell us more than anything in the world ron well
1: it's really quite simple when you're married you'll understand the importance of fresh produce shut up just shut up you had me at hello
0: Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor in chief of HitchedMag.com. Uh, I have a special guest on this week, uh, Deborah L. Price, who is the author of *The Heart of Money*. Uh, she is also the author of three other books. Uh, and the other mo- more recent book is *Money Magic*. Um, and today we are going to talk about her her latest book out, *The Heart of Money: A Couple's Guide to Creating True Financial Intimacy*. Um, so I want to welcome on Deborah Price. Hi. Hi, Deborah
1: Hi Steve. How are you?
0: I'm doing fantastic. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about this book because obviously uh, money is such a contentious um, subject within marriage and you tackle it Head on with this book. Um, I've I've been reading this for the the past couple weeks, and uh, lots of really fantastic information in here that I'm excited to um, share with the listeners and readers of Hitch. So thank you uh, for for writing this book first and foremost.
1: Oh well, thank you. I appreciate
0: that. <laughs> um, so uh, before I get into some specific questions. Uh, I would like you to just kind of tell the listeners uh, just briefly what the book is about and who it's targeted toward.
1: So I wrote this book specifically for couples uh, because um in my experience, working with uh, couples uh, over the last fifteen years is that they often um wait too long to get help and off, and even uh, sometimes don't get help at all, and therefore their their marriage and their partnership and everything they've invested all these years of heart and soul into kinda of, um, often don't survive so I wrote it to try to help couples to begin engaging in the money conversation much earlier um, before any really truly serious problems or trust issues arise and um, it's really written in a format that allows you to actually begin the journey on your own if you'd like. And then if you start experiencing issues that you can't manage, then you can always seek help uh, beyond that.
0: Mm -hmm. And I should mention, um, well, now would be a good place to mention that you are also the founder and CEO of the Money Coaching Institute, which provides coaching to couples, individuals, corporations, and so on. So uh, this is coming from a a place of experience, Uh, you mentioned, when you're working with with couples. So I wanted to bring that that up before it got too deep into this conversation um, so based on but based on that experience why is it do you think um, the subject of money is such a heated topic uh, between couples
1: well first of all money is an enormously taboo subject sure. um, that we're really conditioned um, at an early age that it's not okay to talk about. And um, it's not a safe subject. It's often very emotionally triggering. And, and one of the reasons for that um, also is that at a core physiological level, the way that we're hardwired um, for survival is to sort of react um, rather than be logical and rational when it comes to money because money is sort of viewed as a commodity in sort of the, the, the eyes of the brain and um, it's a survival issue. So money equals food and therefore when we feel unsafe, we react.
0: Mm -hmm. And, you know, last week, I'm glad you brought that up about it still being a taboo topic. Last week, uh, we ran an excerpt from your book um, which discussed uh, the money shadow, um, which is really talking about money being a taboo topic. Um, So, I mean, aside from the the survival aspect of it, why is it – do you think that couples still have difficulty opening up about their finances, though? Why is it taboo in that regard?
1: Well, I think that stems from a lot of conditioning and uh, really old, old, outdated beliefs that stem from religion, essentially. Um, you know, religion, as we have brought it into the modern era um, – from you know literally many 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 um decades ago was that money is a source of evil and greed and the the root of all evil and so in that collective unconscious and and we all are a part of that today that there's an an underlying belief somehow that money is bad or money is the cause of problems and money is the cause of greed, and so we have a lot of negative associations. Um, that we don't often take the time to sit down and root out so that's one of the reasons that money is so taboo and I think also it's taboo because we're told repeatedly from the time that we're children that money is um, it's not okay to talk about it's not nice to talk about money and so you know these are sort of prescribed social norms that until we begin to, Uh, question them and change them tend to challenge us
0: Mm -hmm. and and why uh, don't couples get more help when they are having money issues uh, in your experience
1: well unfortunately I think that um, first of all people don't realize that there is the kind of help that we offer for example money coaching is a relatively new field and paradigm and unfortunately most therapists are not trained or educated in the realm of money issues it's an entirely new field we actually train a lot of therapists ourselves we're a training organization as well and we teach other people to integrate this into their model but before uh literally until maybe 10 years ago this was an unheard of field and so people didn't know there was help and Again, because money is taboo, people don't want to air their dirty laundry about money. Mm-hmm. You know we've come out of the closet regarding sex, but we haven't really done so with money, and it's really not serving us uh
0: so you bring up money coaching um i, I I'm guessing a lot of the listeners d- ha- actually don't even know what that is. Um, they might think it's like being a financial advisor or something in that vein can you Can you uh describe what money coaching is and how it's different?
1: Sure. So money coaching is a very specific specialty area of coaching that sort of exists in the gap between the financial services and financial planning and advice and psychology. It's not a therapeutic body of work, although it's fairly deep, and it's not financial planning and advice. It's in the middle. And we sort of serve as the bridge and the translators of more the behavioral, emotional aspect of money. and so. Money coaching is literally, it's a proprietary uh, step-by-step process that takes people through a journey of learning to understand themselves in relationship to money as well as each other as a couple um, through a very specific step-by-step process through which by the time you're done, you have such a deep understanding of yourself and your patterns and your behaviors and the origin of those that from there, there's a context for change. That and their change begin.
0: Okay, and this is actually—I mean, some of this stuff um, when you describe it that way, I—I I, I would say I'd recognized a lot of those steps in this book, *The Heart of Money*. Correct. Correct. Okay. Um, now, speaking of the book, I—you know—there's uh, a chapter I really enjoyed about the money types um, uh, of individuals. Can you briefly explain to our listeners? Um, what those money types are, you know, you don't, there's a lot of that. I think there's like 10 of them. Uh, But you know what, what specifically that is and um, how that can affect uh, your outlook on money.
1: Mm -hmm. So there are eight money types. And the truth is, is that these, these are archetypes and these archetypes are based loosely upon Jungian archetypes. Um, Carl Jung was the, the father of the modern archetype that helped us understand that archetypes hold the history of human patterns and behaviors in the collective unconscious, which is sort of like this giant um, cosmic soup of humanity that's stored on the, the hard drive of our brains, literally. Mm-hmm. And, and so that experience um, that we all have is boiled down into these archetypes which help us to really discern and understand our own individual behaviors. So the eight archetypes that we use are the innocent, the victim, the warrior, the martyr, the fool, the creator artist, the tyrant, and the magician. And really we all have all eight many types inside of us. It's just a question of who has the most speaking parts. Who's really driving your financial life? Which of those archetypes? Um, you know, and as you begin to understand that, and also where where is your partner in relationship to that? Do you do you do it together, or are you in opposition to one another? That's where the learning um, begins to happen because archetypes are really powerful teachers um, for all of us.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's uh, until you can kind of understand what your archetype is, it's going to be. Uh, you might be butting up against uh, your spouse and not even know it in a lot of instances just because of the different archetypes that you guys are.
1: Yeah, I mean, people, I think they know they're butting up against their spouse, but they don't know why. Mm. And the reasons that they think that they're having the conflicts that they're having are actually just a symptom. They're not really addressing the true
0: problem. Got it, okay. Um, And so what would you say are the, the most common money issues that couples experience today?
1: Well I think the number one problem is a lack of, uh, of positive communication. Um, most couples find that when they talk about money that the, that the conversation uh, devolves fairly quickly into conflict or avoidance or, or whatever and so the problem is, is that we're not taught how to talk about money and we have so many underlying feelings and sensitivities that we get triggered easily and go into reactivity. And so um, if you can't talk about money, how can you solve anything? Right. Mm-hmm. So that's the number one issue. But beyond that, there are also issues related to trust, meaning that, you know, couples often don't tell each other the truth or they may have, you know, there's a term we use in this work called financial infidelity. Uh-huh.
0: Couples
1: often, you know, they, they, buy stuff and they don't tell each other, they hide money, you know, that really does erode at the intimacy.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting because there's so much um, emotion tied up into money. And uh, when you start participating in, you know, financial infidelity, uh, that can have a a serious emotional impact on your spouse. And then, as you mentioned, uh, eroding that trust. Yeah. in your book you you talk a bit about the brain and money uh what should our readers know about how their brain works relative to money and their behaviors
1: well sort of the example that i like to give people to so that we don't have to get too deeply into brain science is to just think of your brain as having three distinct compartments one of them is a remnant of the more primitive uh our primitive ancestors and i call i refer to it as the the lower management uh, part of the brain, and that's the part of us that, you know, really goes into flight or fight and reactivity, you know, as soon as we feel a little bit fearful Uh relative to money. Um, And then the second, the middle part of the brain, has some middle management problems that are related to our history and our experiences that have been hardwired in the brain that causes emotional reactivity. The lower management is more physiological, the middle management is emotional, and then the higher part, the executive management part of the brain, um, which is where we'd like to be able to make our best—that's where we can make our best decisions relative to money that are rational and logical and well thought out. Mm-hmm. When either the lower management part or the middle management part gets activated, it literally blocks out the executive management part of the brain from being able to access the highest greatest capacity that we have to make the best decisions and so we have to if we understand the other two aspects and what triggers us we have the ability to control it better
0: it it, when uh so would you say that the um and this is a, a little bit off topic so when we do those like impulse buy things is that coming from the primitive brain because it hasn't gotten all the way to that high executive portion yet
1: that's exactly right, Steve. Because what happens is the primitive brain is wired to, wired for desire. It's like that's how we've survived. Is that we see, oh, you know, that's the hunter-gatherer part of us, and so we we go, oh, want that, want that, you know, <laughs> and and so next thing we know, we're off on that, and then there may be some emotional aspect to that too, because when we get it, we feel better. But unfortunately, that's usually a temporary feeling. And yeah. then, of course, we get the bill and then we don't feel so good.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, because we all need new shoes and season tickets to our favorite sports team. So, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so, what are some of the keys to creating a healthy and empowered relationship with money and your spouse?
1: Well, one of the things that I really like couples to do is to just really begin opening up this money conversation. In a, in a more playful, light way, to, as an exploration and a journey of greater discovery of one another. And to approach it from your heart, because often we have so many judgments and criticisms of our partner relative to money that in some ways we've shut off our heart in this area. And we can't understand and or create the intimacy that we really want and desire from that place. <coughs> so first begin the journey of exploration. And the book really does allow you process to do that journey on your own. And I have many couples that say they get the book and they they sit together, they take some time on the weekend, and they start doing the exercises. Um, And then the other thing is to make it uh, a commitment to have a regular money um, conversation about your practical financial matters on a monthly basis and, and block the time and get into conversation and make some clear and conscious agreements about what you want and have the way you spend money be much more in alignment to what your values are rather than your desires.
0: Mm, Okay. And being that that's the beginning of the year now would be a, a pretty good time. I would think for couples to kind of reassess where they're at and to, to set those goals. Um, now you you mentioned putting together your budget um, in a in a value um, a, a, with things you value as opposed to things you desire. Uh, d- do you recommend um, one of? The, well, let me take take a step back here. One of the things that we preach all the time is uh, the importance of investing in your relationship, and so setting setting um, aside a little bit of the budget so that you and your spouse do things together and it's not all about, um, you know, paying the gas bill. Uh, do, do you have any tips or recommendations on that?
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think that, you know, depending upon where you are and, you know, today so many people have been in struggle and are having challenges financially that there's not a lot left over. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that, you know, that we convince ourselves every day that we need things that we don't, and so, and there's so much research that shows that basically human beings want connection, community, love, appreciation, acknowledgement, and a sense of playfulness, etc. you know, and so if we can consciously bring more of that into our world then we don't seem to mind as much when we don't have as much of the financial resources and the material things. So if you have less money right now due to economic circumstances, you know, focus in on taking care of your needs with anything left over, really become clear about your values and what matters to you, what makes you happy, what brings you passion and joy. And then the desires, such as the longer term things like retirement or, or whatever it is that you, you know, we know that we want the, maybe even the bigger material things, those should be actually third in the priority list. The problem is, is that for most people, the desires are number one in the priority, our mm. needs are number two, and our values are number three. So we have it all kind of backwards.
0: Hmm, really interesting. Uh, are, are there, um, specific times in a marriage uh and by the way I should mention um just a l- couple more questions here uh, are there spe- specific times in marriage uh, where money issues are more prone to appear
1: absolutely so one of the most critical times that I've seen is when a couple decides for example that they're going to um go from a two income family to a one income family because <coughs> excuse me they're going to have children uh-huh. or maybe they've just had a child and so suddenly you go from, you know, two people who've been maybe fairly financially independent or interdependent that where one person is suddenly dependent and there's less money and less flow. And what happens is there can often be an unconscious, uh, sort of where, where we move into these prescribed or more traditional roles and expectations. The problem is, is that's usually not in alignment with what we really want. Um, and we just accidentally fall into these patterns oh I'm the breadwinner you're the homemaker mm. the caretaker <clears throat> and what happens is this causes an imbalance of power because money equals power in our relationships and so if couples are not mindful and conscious about how they treat this it can start to erode at the intimacy and cause a lot of conflicts
0: okay um, and uh I guess this will be my last question for you before we uh, sign off here. Um, Aside from everybody picking up uh, your book The Heart of Money um, by the way I should mention now I'm going to be giving away uh, a copy of this book so all you have to do is go to iTunes leave a comment and then uh, shoot us an email or leave a message on Facebook or Google Plus that you did so um, so that we have your contact information and uh, that's it and you know let's we'll see how many replies we get but I'm hoping within the week we will select a winner and uh, ship this great book out to you so anyway so, aside from picking up the heart of money, do you have a, like a takeaway tip that someone could uh, get their get going in the right direction today after they listen to this?
1: Absolutely. You know, one of the things that I always tell people is that your relationship is probably the single most important thing in your life. It's the thing that we. We we seek relationship at a pretty early age. We mate, marry, partner, etc. Um, with the maybe the greatest emotional and at many times financial investment that we have in anything. And so, if your relationship is having challenges relative to talking about money, or or just how to be with money together differently, or there or uh, or challenges or conflicts, don't wait to to begin to um, understand that and. Get the help and support that you need one way or another. There are many, many ways that you can change, uh, through understanding, um, you know, your patterns and behaviors, et cetera, that you can change and not only improve the, those issues in your relationships, but deepen the intimacy and connection that you have, um, beyond anything that you ever imagined. So I just want you to know that there's help, there's hope and wherever you are financially today, it can be different.
0: I like I like that. There's help and there's hope. Um, well, thank you so much for your time, Deborah. Um, I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Steve. It's been a pleasure.
0: Um, Before uh, we sign off today, I want to remind everyone you are listening to Deborah L. Price, who is the author of The Heart of Money. Uh, Deborah is also the founder and CEO of the Money Coaching Institute, which provides coaching to individuals, couples, and corporations. You can get more information at her website, moneycoachinginstitute.com. You can also find uh, Deborah on Twitter at Money Coaching. I'm assuming, by the way, Deborah, you also have a Facebook page? I do. Facebook, (coughs) excuse me, Twitter and LinkedIn. Okay. Uh, And those will all be linked to from her website. And uh, like I mentioned, we will be giving away a copy of The Heart of Money. All you have to do is leave a comment uh, in iTunes and then uh, message us on uh, Facebook or Google Plus to let us know. And uh, the winner will get uh, a copy of the book, um, which is really fantastic. And for those of you who are can't wait that long uh, we have put the book up in our bookstore uh, there's a link to it on our homepage and uh, lastly uh, there is also an excerpt of the heart of money on the website now so just do a search and you'll find that to get a little little taste so uh, one last time thank you so much for your time Deborah
1: Thank you Steve okay
0: have a great have a great week you too okay take care everybody
1: I just want to say one thing to my wife who's home Yo, Adrian! I it! They certainly got the idea. They feel free to express love. It's worth all those awful frank discussions at the dining room table.
0: Hitched. Entertains, educates, and inspires married couples.